there, friends. This here is the Raised by Whoops Fake Radio Show, and I don't have a guest today. I don't have any stories necessarily to tell you. I didn't write anything or prepare anything for this episode, but um, I had a, it's funny, I've had a couple interviews scheduled lately, and I've had to reschedule, so I'm just going to, I just want to talk to people who listen to this show, your, your folks for whom I'm very grateful I'm, uh, I know Glenn kind of feels the same way. Anybody that listens to this or reaches out or says anything, it's just nice to make any kind of connection. And I wanted to mention someone in particular who made a connection um, recently. And it's someone who, uh, who started listening to our old show, The Monkey Tooth Podcast. And um, I guess we've got, a, we've got a connection on Instagram. And it's, uh, it's a woman by the name of Elsa. I won't say too much. I don't want to embarrass her or um, make it weird. But anyhow, she sent me a message uh, suggesting a guest and someone that at a minimum that I just connect with and, uh, and get to know. And I thought that was, that was touching alone. And she did it. The, the message she sent me, she was wearing one of our shirts, which I thought was really sweet. Um, and just everything about the message just made my heart uh, swell up and feel good and uh, it just kind of I'll tell you a whole bunch of things here in a minute but um, I haven't been feeling so good uh, some stuff has happened and it's just you know you know that goes you get a little sad I'll tell you about that but the uh, the main thing was that, that Elsa's message was so thoughtful and um just a just a real connection even though we've never met never really made eye contact I mean, just looked at a photo maybe with my eyes in it and I've seen a vis- video with her eyes in it but we've never actually looked at each other um, I, I guess she just had our voices and, and her earbuds or car stereo or wherever and um, yeah felt compelled to reach out which I thought was we, we get messages from people but this is different it was like a video she videoed herself talking to me directly and i just man was so touched so thank you for that elsa and i really hope you like the shirt i'm just now kind of realizing how expensive these shirts are you know it's a service called printful i just fed some designs to it and they're like yeah we'll we'll send shirts to people there's no <laughs> like financial incentive for us on the shirts so uh boy i apologize i'm gonna make sure that there's if there's any way to like get them cheaper, I'm going to do that. But thank you, Elsa. Yeah, you're great. And for sure, I will reach out to the person that you suggested I talk to. Um, so the format of this thing that I'm going to do today, I'm going to talk about a few topics. Um, one is a uh, creative project I've been working on that is about to um, about to come out and um, talk about uh, us relocating from where we currently live, which is a huge bummer. But I'm also going to play some songs. Uh, personally, I'm not going to be playing Lucky You. I'm going to be pushing play on some some music that I think is nice and you might enjoy. And I'll tell you who that is and what it was. Who it was, what it was. We'll talk about the music for a half second. But anyway, um, I just wanted to, uh, to reach out to the people who listen to this and, and tell you, glad you're there and uh it's nice to know that this is not entirely in the void 
which I would also be fine with because it's a good exercise. And I do a lot of talking to myself anyway. Just ask my poor dog. Uh, I'm going to play you out with a song called Phasing Out by Dick Stusso. What you've been listening to on this intro was uh, Obscured by Clouds by Pink Floyd. Got turned onto that by Josh Short of the Bomb Shelter Radio. If you missed that show, it was just a music show. It's like a, a one-to-one playback of his radio show called the Bomb Shelter Radio Program Show thing. Anyway, yeah. Uh, Dick Stusso. Stusso? I don't know how to say it. Amazing Out's the name of the song. Enjoy it. guy, your man, Dick Stusso, or Stusso, however you want to say it, phasing out. Yeah, I want to talk to you about something I've been working on for a while now. It's a book. It's called The Moron at the End of This Book, and I wrote it. wrote the whole damn thing. Some of them, some of the stories in the book, um, you've heard. It's a collection of short stories. Some of them I published on this, this very fake radio show, but a whole bunch of them, um, the majority of them I have not. And it's um, it can be described as a sardonic post-it note to self, uh, coupled with love letters to the living and the dead, and that time I made art out of poop. It's, uh, it's from the heart, and um, hopefully it's funny. Hopefully people will enjoy it. I certainly really enjoyed writing it, and I got to uh, work with a friend of mine, a guy named Joe O'Leary, who uh, edited and has kind of coached and helped me through it in a in a great way. And another former um, podcast guest, a woman named Susanna Rigg, who uh, was my mentor and really helped me do this show and write this book via one prompt. And I'll tell you about it. It's um, I came back from a trip where I had seen my mom. My mom has moved into a kind of smaller place. She had this box of shit that belonged to me. It was all photographs. I used to um, go around with a 35 millimeter camera 
and take pictures of things. And the most recent photo in that box was at least 20 years old. And she was like, hey, can you please take this home? It's just sitting in my closet. So I brought it home. And I mean, there were pictures in there from the weekend that I met my wife, Tiffany, for my 21st birthday. You know, things I'd not looked at in forever. And uh, I told Susanna about this, who was going to coach me through some writer's issues. And uh, she said, look, here's you've got a natural prompt sitting there in that box. I want you every single morning to pick out a photo at random and then pick one of your senses, you know, your sight, taste, smell, hearing, touch, and write about whatever you're looking at using that sense in your body. And it was such a hip prompt. It really made me look forward to writing every morning. I couldn't wait. I'd like go to bed thinking about it and wake up in the morning and just hop to it, you know. And uh, it was that prompt that made possible so much of the, the creative work that I've been endeavoring to, to make happen uh, over the past year or two. So thank you. Thank you so much to all my friends who've encouraged me and Tiffany. Um, I mean, there's a number of people that will be thanked in the book on a page, all about acknowledgments. Yeah, the moron at the, moron at the end of this book, I'm going to try to publish it in the month of May. So um, I'll be reading the audio book and doing all kinds of stuff. Um, I'm also currently in school for uh, voiceover. I may or may not have mentioned that on the podcast a couple times. And I've been meeting all kinds of um, interesting professionals in that field. And I'm learning three three main things. Narration, you know, things like audiobook tours, audiobooks, um, museum tours, shit like that. Uh, commercials, things like selling Bud Light or whatever the hell else needs to be sold. Sold? Selled. I'm going to be talking for a living. That'll be nice. And then I'm learning uh, some character work, you know, to do like animations or, uh, you know, any kind of, uh, embodying a character, which is way, way outside of my comfort, comfort zone in front of a microphone. It's the sort of thing I do in front of my dog all the time. Something I did around my nephews and nieces for entirely too much of their lives, but to do it, um, and to act, you know, it's like acting, which is very weird to me. So there's that going on. And it's, uh, it was kind of, prompted by my desire to do my own audiobook and realizing how much there is to learn about this craft. So I'm, I'm very thankful to the, the instructors at my school. It's called Voice One. And if you have any interest in it, you can, no matter where you are in the world, if you have an internet connection, you can go to school at Voice One. Uh, the classes are really hip, sophisticated instructors who take you through a lot of stuff. And like I said, the exposure to this is expose me to people that um, are, you know, they're creative and ambitious and weird and have lots of stuff going on. So yeah, that's what's going on in my life project wise. There's also um, my wife and I moved into this house. I mentioned it on the podcast almost a year ago, we moved in in July of last year. And, you know, we have had no furniture in our lives for almost seven years. We had no stuff with us. We we came out here in an RV, which obviously everything is built into. Uh, then we moved into a van that we traveled in for two years. Didn't need any furniture, didn't need any stuff. Then we lived with my friend Eric for two years in a furnished apartment. And then we moved into another little apartment that was also furnished. 
And then a woman who you know, I kind of considered a friend said, hey, you should move into my my place. I have an apartment for rent and uh, and you should move in there. It's really great. And she wasn't kidding. It's really, really great place with a big deck, but it was no there's no furniture. So we we're like kind of debated, didn't want to do it, and we're like, whatever, it's it's more expensive, but it's so beautiful and it's such a cool place. We'll just do it. So we invested. Man, we bought a bed, couches, all kinds of shit. Fortunately, all of it was, with the exception of the bed, used stuff. We got it at like you know, thrift stores and garage sales, yard sales. But anyway, now we've got all this shit, right? Um, I, I brought in instruments that, you know, lived in other places. I brought them all here, <laughs> really made ourselves at home. And, uh, a few weeks ago we got back from a little trip. Um, and, uh, I had just seen my landlord. She was having a bad day, gave her a hug. She's kind of crying. We had a like tender moment and, uh, I leave her house, come to my house and her stepdaughter, who was kind of, I guess our uh, property manager tells us we have to move out <laughs> in July. That we've got less than three months or three months to live here. And it was just such a, and the reasoning behind it is kind of fucked. I'll be honest. It's really dumb. They're going to move us out and move in her boyfriend who's going to make this her, his office basically because they're kind of small places. Yeah, it just gets cold and gross. And, uh, yeah, everything about it sucks. I mean, I'm very, I like to remind myself I'm fortunate that, uh, the place didn't burn down. We didn't, you know, slide down the hill in a landslide or an earthquake or a flood or anything. It just, we just can't live anymore. And as cold and gross and weird as it is and realizing that I'm not these people's friend, <laughs> they're not, they don't care about me and share the same feelings I have for them. That's, that's a bummer and that hurts. And having to move out of your place is unsettling and weird. Just think about all the the places where you've got to change your address, you know, like your bank, insurance, all that stupid shit. But there's also like, um, yeah, I built kind of a little, um, I built a little studio in this place that I'm uh, now obviously no longer going to be able to use. That's kind of what I was where I was going to start my little business, my little voiceover enterprise. So now we're, we're scrambling to figure out where we're going to live next. And um, we just don't feel at home in our house. It feels like we're kind of getting a good deal on an Airbnb. You know, It's like slightly cheaper than it would be to rent an Airbnb in this area. It just does not feel like home. And now we've got to deal with all this stuff. Like, are we going to take it with us? Are we going to go to... It's expensive to live here, man. We're in an expensive place. So yeah, we're a little discombobulated. So that was kind of percolating in the in the background. If you're hearing a siren right now, yeah, it stopped. Okay, sorry. That's like such a pet peeve of mine when I'm listening to a podcast and I hear a siren. It's like, is that actually outside? That was here. Apologies. Uh, I want to take a little little beat between... Between topics, uh, I want to talk to you about something else that's quite a bit darker and sadder than anything we've talked about so far. But uh, before I do that, I want to I want to play a song for you by a guy named Daniel Norgren. Norgren, Daniel Norgren. He's a Swedish guy, I think, or Norwegian. I don't know. He's a guy. And he plays music. His name's Daniel. Doesn't matter. The song's called Black Vultures. Just Shazam it. If you don't know what the hell it is, doesn't matter. 
Shazam. That works. Black Vultures, hope you like it. Anyway, so in the background of our lives at the moment is this lingering, looming move-out date. And I'll be honest, some resentment and anger towards the people who are kicking me out for a dumb shit reason. Uh, And then the other day, I got a text message from a guy, uh, a friend of mine. That's that fucking siren again. Boy, hope you can't hear that. Anyway, I got a text message from a friend of mine saying... um, Boy, I, I I just got the news about Aaron. So sad. And uh, if you're out there, God, this fucking siren. I'm going to hit pause for a second. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm back with this. Uh, hopefully the siren stops. Anyway, so my friend texts me this message saying I heard the bad news about Aaron. And I had not heard the news about Aaron. 
uh, it was totally a surprise to me. So just a little, if you're ever wanting to tell someone or console someone about a death, maybe make sure they know about it first in a, in a hip way. <laughs> it's a hard way to find out that uh, a friend of yours is dead, which is exactly what the case was. And uh, it's a friend that I had not seen since I was, you know, in my 30s. We basically missed each other's 30s. We haven't seen each other in forever. The last time we talked was after um, another friend of ours had passed away from cancer. And it was, we, you know, we weren't, there was no acrimonious thing happening, nothing weird. It was just, um, you know, hey, I'll see you down the road. And, you know, we had been close at one point in our lives. It was me, our, my friend Sam, who'd passed away, and Aaron. And the three of us were just, we were pals. We hung out a lot. We drank a lot. We <laughs> were just wild 20-plus-year-olds together and then uh you know time happened and then sam died and we moved around um so i just kind of lost touch with him and uh turns out he had been living in california he's actually from memphis and he'd been living in california about 50 miles from where i live and i had no idea and not only did i have no idea that he was living here he was really really struggling uh mentally having just severe depression issues and uh yeah I, just the bottom line of it is uh, the guy took his life and he uh he took his own life and you know that's the sort of thing like i've known maybe more than half a dozen people who've killed themselves and i, I feel like i've encountered a lot of different kinds of death in my life you know there's illness the elderly, the sudden violent death, you know, car accidents, just all the things that, that kind of happen to people. But the most unsettling and the worst one for the people who are left behind uh, is obviously suicide. I mean, it's just so, you're so sad for the people that were really close to them. And there's some there's some ancillary sadness in this one that like is just I don't even want to talk about it. It's so fucked up. But um, yeah, that you're you're left with this sadness and a resentment and an anger and a lack of context and understanding because you have no idea what it's like in their brain. You know what's going through it as they make that choice. You know, and it's a weirdly extremely brave choice. I don't know people say it's cowardly. I don't I don't think so. I feel like it's um yeah, there are things about it that seem extremely cowardly, like you're just quitting or running away, but to to leap over that line, you know, the into the, the whatever is behind now in life, you don't know. No idea what's on the other side of you being a dead person forever. And making that leap is no joke, man. So there's a lot of sadness and a lot of fucking weird horror involved and I just can't I kind of just keep thinking about him I haven't really been sleeping great um and I haven't cried I haven't had the the urge to cry which is weird you know because it hurts I'm sad about it and I just I don't you know I don't know what's happening but um uh, that's running in the background and then a friend of ours lost her very, very close cousin, like a close friend, someone we love and care about. Her beautiful young cousin was murdered 
like a horrible, horrible, violent murder. And we just saw her yesterday, her, the, 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 the friend of ours and her family who are kind of reeling from this. And it's just, oh, there's so much weird, heavy shit. And you realize, oh my God, this is like the state of the world always for like cows and pigs and sheep and chickens. <laughs> this is the state of their world. And if you're in Yemen or the Sudan or you're in some war-torn place, you know, murder and death and surprise, you know, horror is your world. And when it peeks your head into this, you know, I live in kind of a fantasy world where things are nice and, you know, I have this pretty house and a beautiful area and everything's okay. It's like, which is the illusion? You know, is it all real? Is it, you know, what's peeking through the veil? Which is the veil? <laughs> which is real life? It is, it is, it's a lot, you know, and uh, I just, I'm extremely grateful to have the people in my life that I have and to be in theirs, you know, to be in someone's life, someone that someone wants to talk to or listen to or whatever. That's a tremendous gift. And I'm thankful for my, my family and for my wife and my sweet little dog who's sitting here with me. I'm just so grateful for all that and the pain that's out there in the world, dragging people wherever it's taken them. Man, I, you know, I don't know what to say. I mean, I feel like if you're going to do it, you're going to do it. You're going to take your own life. You know, there's, I don't know how to help those people. I don't know that you can, but uh, you can just, what, be there, be there for people and hope for the best. Something's going to get you. Something's going to get everyone. You know how like a, a wedding is not really for the married couple? It's just kind of barely for you if you're getting married. It's for the people who love you and care about you and want to celebrate this milestone. And a funeral is that, you know. You can't always control how you die. But if you're going to take your own life, well, what you're doing to the, the people who survive you, I mean, it's just, it's so brutal, man. It's so, so brutal. And it, it is worse. It's just, it's just objectively worse than any other way you could go. Not for you, but for the people left behind. And that, um, I don't know, I'd, I'd, I'd put money on that, whatever. I'd, I'd, I'd lay down, that's a hill I'd die on, you know. But that's the worst way. For the living. All right. Well, those are kind of things I wanted to talk about. Um, yeah, this is an episode of a of a fake radio show where there's a guy. I'm gonna call this one "Blowing Bubbles into the Void." And uh, yeah, if you're out there and you need some love, or if you're lonesome or afraid or scared, you might hurt yourself. And please, please try to talk to someone, even if it feels like hopeless to do so. You do hopeless shit all the time. You're just maybe not aware of it. You know, you know, doing push-ups, trying not to get old. You're going to get old. You're going to die. You know, that's hopeless. So, you know, try something. Try, try talking to somebody. I, I don't fucking know. I'll listen to you. You want to call me, talk to me? 
I'll, I'll talk to you. Even if I don't like you. Like I told, I had to end, end a friendship recently. And I told that person, you know, I, I just, I kind of don't want you in my life. And I don't want to be in yours. But if you ever have an emergency, something horrible is happening, of course, do not hesitate to call. But short of that, don't call. That sounds fucked up and horrible to say, but I mean it. You know, I mean, there's no, there's no one I, I dislike so much that I want them hurt or dead or just vanished, you know. It just doesn't exist for me, and I guess I'm fortunate for that. Um, yeah, so if I don't even know you, it doesn't matter. If you're hurting and you want to connect some kind of way, I'm for it. I'm for it. All right, I'm going to play you one more song and uh, stop blowing these bubbles. It's by a guy named Sean Rowe. It's called Trying to Leave Something Behind. Hope everything's all right with you. And if not, I hope it gets better. All right. Love you guys. I cannot say, but I know you will. But you can't lie to me with all these books that you sell. I'm not trying to follow you to the end of the world. I'm just trying to leave something behind. Words have come from men and mouths. But I can't help thinking that I've heard the wrong crowd When all the water is gone, my job will be too And I'm just trying to leave something behind Oh, money is free, but love costs more than our bread In the ceiling it's hard the future ahead is broken and red And I'm trying to leave something behind This whole world is a foreign land We swallow the moon but we don't know our own hand we're running with the case, oh, but we ain't got the gold And we're trying to leave something behind Oh, my friends, I believe we are at the wrong fight And I cannot read what I did not write I've been to his house, oh, but the master is gone But I'd like to leave something behind oh, There is a beast who's taking my brain You can put me to bed, but you can't feel my pain when the machine has taken the soul from the man 
it's time to leave something behind. Our money is free, but love costs more than our bread. In the ceiling, it's hard to reach. All the future ahead is already dead. And I'm trying to leave something. I got this feeling that I'm still at the shore. Them pockets don't know what it means to be poor. I can get through the wall if you give me a door, so I can leave something behind. Oh, wisdom is lost in the trees somewhere. Oh, you're not gonna find it in some mental gray hair. It's locked up from those who hurry ahead, and it's time to leave something behind. Our money is free, but love costs more than our bread. In the ceiling, it's hard to reach. When my soul is a man, he will know what I meant. I was just trying to leave something behind. I was just trying to leave something behind.